0: fifth line, Mike Todd here, in arena host for your Columbus Blue Jackets, and you're listening to the Subjectively Speaking Podcast. And now, here's Jeremy Paul and Laura Norman. What is up, everyone? And welcome to another edition of Subjectively Speaking on the Hockey Podcast Network, presented by DraftKings. My name is Jeremy. And I'm Laura. And Laura... I need to know, what is the one team on your no-trade list? If I was like, Laura, we're sending you to blank, what would what would you veto if I were Yarmulkekekeleinen? Oh, I only get one? Yeah, you just get one. Oh.
1: I think I'm going to go, and this is going to make me just such a homer, but I've literally never had any good experiences. <laughs> I'm going to say the Pittsburgh
0: Penguins. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's probably mine too. I thought you were for sure you would say the lightning, but nevertheless, I mean, listen. I no, almost said
1: the Bruins. I almost oh, said the Bruins, but sure. I've literally never, I've never been to a Pens game and had a good time, <laughs> and not just, and not just because of like whether we win or lose, like that's not it. I just the fan interactions like are just so bad.
0: Yeah, they're not great.
1: And so I just, I could never.
0: Yeah, I'm with you on that one. I would also probably say the Pittsburgh Penguins. But the good news is, is that uh, we were not on the block today. We're recording on Monday. As anybody listening to the show knows, Monday being the NHL's trade deadline at 3 p.m. Obviously, some some bittersweet, and by that I mean mostly bitter news, on the Blue Jackets front, Max Domi has been traded to the Carolina Hurricanes. We'll get into that and so much more um, on this trade deadline day. But, Laura, you have to be feeling far more emotionally sound today than you did the last time that we talked about a trade deadline after the fact uh, because uh, we didn't trade away anybody like Nick Fleener or David Savard today. So I'm sure that you're feeling far better than you did last year.
1: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Last year was, you know, kind of that big emotional gut punch to – watch your captain get traded away and you know someone like David Suvard who was you know had been with the Blue Jackets for 10 years like it just that was heart heart-wrenching for sure but today's uh bittersweet I mean if you've ever listened to our show you know that I love Max Domi I was so excited like from the get when we traded for him um in the exchange for Josh Anderson uh with Montreal um almost 2 years ago it hasn't even been 2 years fully which is insane to me um but cuz i just i had been following max was one of the first players outside of the blue jackets that i started paying attention to um because he has a great social media presence. He is very, he's been very active in um, every community that he's been a part of. Um, obviously, he's a legacy player, having his dad had his own very notable career um, in the league. And he's just, he's an advocate. Um, he has really cute pets. Like, he just, I was excited for Columbus to finally get someone that was like, I don't I don't want to use the term notable because like I don't think that that's accurate but like a player that was was known outside of like Columbus and had been been known in other areas. I, obviously this is prior to us getting Patrick Laine, like you know. So this was like our in my time frame, the first of one of those situations and So it's sad. It's sad to see Max go. Um, We traded Max today to the Carolina Hurricanes in a very confusing three-team trade. And I'll let Jeremy break it down for you um, why it's confusing and why I'm not entirely sure if it was a great decision. Um, But, you know, Max just... It's complicated. I don't think that the situation with Max lived up to what anyone in the front office thought it was going to live up to when they traded Josh. Um, But man, he really did. He did bring it every night when he was on the ice. And especially over the last few weeks, he's been such a notable person for our team. I mean, hell, If we were to do three stars tonight, Max was going to be one of them because out of these last three games, he was definitely noticeable and um, had a really solid effort. So I will personally be very sad to no longer see him wearing a blue jacket sweater, but wish him nothing but the best. And I hope things – I hope he is successful in Carolina – And wherever he heads after that. Um, Yeah. So we'll miss you, Max. Thank you.
0: Yeah. And the thing about this too, is like, your point is definitely true where, uh, you know, he's probably like one of the more popular hockey players outside of the sport of hockey, if that makes any sense, like in terms of, you know, who he knows and just kind of his influence outside of the sphere of hockey. And so, for that to be the case is fascinating to to lose a player like that or to even have had a player like that play for the Blue Jackets. It's kind of a cool little twist. Your, your point about Ty Domi as well, I mean, just like a cool story overall. And, yeah, I mean, to your point, I think a lot of things about the Max Domi situation just simply didn't end up working out the way that I think a lot of people expected it to, right? You make that trade in 2020-ish, yeah? One.
1: Yeah, fall, fall,
0: October two th- 2020,
1: 2020.
0: And you're expecting that to like, you're expecting that you've just acquired a top six center, uh, somebody who's going to play that pivotal role for you. And really, I mean, you never was given much of a chance to do that. And whether that's a mismanagement of assets from a coaching standpoint or whether that's, the player not necessarily fitting into the system and the player not adapting to the system. I mean, we'll talk about that for for weeks and months, I'm sure. But it's just at the end of the day, the reality of the situation is the likelihood of him be, uh, staying in Columbus Blue Jacket after this season was incredibly low. And you have to listen to any and all offer that you get. And yeah, like you said, the Blue Jackets got one. It is a complicated one. Let me tell you, you know, not too often am I like. Stumbled up on on things like this. Like usually, I'm pretty like it's pretty intuitive to me. This one, not quite <laughs> not so much on the intuitive scale. Um, but I will give a shout out to Brian Hedger. Brian Hedger's tweet was the most clear to me as to how this works. So we're just gonna get into it. Here is uh, the you know the specifics of this trade. Um, so the Blue Jackets um, first sent. <laughs> Um, and this is just like the complexity of a three-way trade, right? Um, a 2022 sixth-round pick, which I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Toronto's original pick, uh, and that was received by the Blue Jackets. Originally it was a seventh-round pick, a conditional uh, pick that would have become a sixth-round pick if uh, Riley Nash played 25% of the Toronto Maple Leafs playoff games that year. Good news, they only played seven, so he did. He only played in four games. Or no, it was like three. Like, he didn't play in very many. But because he played in 25, the Blue Jackets then receive a sixth-round pick. So that's gone now. Um, So uh, that goes along with Domi to Florida. So the Blue Jackets then retain uh, 50% of max Domi's salary in that trade. And so then Florida, in return, sends the Blue Jackets Tyler Inamoto who is a fifth year at the University of Wisconsin, a defenseman. And so uh, that's step one. Step two, the Blue Jackets then send Inamoto to Carolina for Aiden Hrushek, which I'm thinking is how I say it, and if I'm wrong, somebody can correct me. Um, And that's defenseman Aiden Hrushek. Um, who is currently playing at Boston College. He just finished up his first year at Boston College, where he played a pretty minor role on the team in terms of, uh, you know, the depth chart, but um, I believe it was uh, 1, 7, and, uh, and 8, and I think like 37 games played, something like that. So, um, you know, not an not a overly flashy first year, but nonetheless. Um, and then Florida, so that's step two of the trade. Um, and then step three, the final step, Florida sent Max Domi, uh, to Carolina they retained 25% of his salary so therefore um, Carolina is acquiring Max Domi only 25% of his salary cap hit and uh, Florida received Igor Korshkov who was originally reported earlier in the day as being a player that was returning to the Blue Jackets originally the report was that uh, Hrushek and Korshkov uh, were both going to be Blue Jackets but that's not the case a lot of uh, confusion Essentially, you can read it as follows: The Blue Jackets traded a sixth-round pick and Max Domi and received Aiden Hershek today.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's complicated. I also think we're like one of the very few three-team trades to happen.
0: At the deadline. Uh... Yeah, a lot of, I mean, last year was not uncommon. You had a lot of teams brokering deals, but this year it's really, it just didn't happen. And I don't know, which is confusing to me because you would assume and you figure that more teams were up against uh, against the capital wall. And so uh, it's fascinating to see that that is, I have some theories on it, which we can get into, but it's interesting to see that not get employed very much.
1: Yeah, I mean, I know part of, I'm assuming part of the situation with Carolina and Max's deal and needing to have a third team is because Carolina is so close to um, their cap, you know, limit. Um, So obviously they didn't want to maintain or retain um, half of Max's salary. Um, They preferred the quarter version, um, which is understandable, but... Yeah, it was just, it was a circus. It was also at, like, the very last minute, like, for the longest time on Twitter. I mean, even, you know, people were like, did it get in in time? Did, like, you know, because it really wasn't solidified until 5.30. You know, a solid two and a half hours after, um... The technical like trade deadline. Um, I mean, Yarmo did a press conference around four. Um, and he was like, I can't really say anything about it because it's still in the queue. It hasn't been like approved officially by the NHL. So, like, but basically just know that we've set Max to Carolina. <laughs> and that was his entire, his entire <laughs> like press conference. Um, and, you know, uh, it also illuminated some things um, on why they just, you know, kind of a look at, you know, why things hadn't worked out with Max um, and why uh, contract negotiations didn't go um, and in a way of keeping him a blue jacket. Um, not for like personal things, but it's just expectations versus reality. And, um, unfortunately that's just part of part of this game that we love the business side um of hockey and uh but it was a much yeah a a much less dramatic day than i think we anticipated it being but we got one done
0: yeah i mean i think you say it best it just wasn't what what do the kids say nowadays? It just did not give what we thought it would give. <laughs> and so so yeah. um, it was just, yeah, it just felt like a very anticlimactic day. And I think the the weirdest part about it was just going up to that three o'clock deadline, knowing that nothing had happened, but knowing that in reality, right, the likelihood of not trading Max Domi was just shocking. I mean, not trading Jonas Corpusalo, not trading Dean Cookin, not trading any other pieces or making a hockey trade. You know, that all kind of tracks and checks out. I mean, the return was never going to be great on Corby. I mean, Dean Cookin was just like, I think, because last year – Blue Jackets fans were really opened up to the idea of, like, trading your UFAs because you don't need them for a playoff run and that can get you assets. I think that that makes Dean Cookin like, a target for people in their heads. But in reality, right, like, he was never going to play on a playoff team. He was going to be a depth defenseman that was there just in case. Like, if he did play, chances are that team was, like, going to be upset about it. And so it's just the max trade was really the one that you knew was happening today. And when you get to like 310, 315, you're like, okay. And then finally, I think it was Aaron Port's line that says, I'm hearing that Max Dowie may have been moved. It's like, okay, like now I'm like, let's tune back in. This is about to go down. And then it just got more confusing. And I... I'm usually not one to ask questions. (laughs) of of Yama because the fact of the matter is like he has not made many trades that make me scratch my head. He just hasn't. He's yeah. been almost excellent. Uh I would say that the the, the trade make me made me scratch my head. Um and then this one. Like, those are really the ones that really kind of made me scratch my head. I mean, I know some people disagreed with the Domi and Anderson trade at the time, but realistically, like, that was a good trade at the time. And so for me, I'm scratching my head, not only just for the Blue Jackets side of this, but I don't know what the hell Florida's doing. Like, I don't know why Florida's the team that's getting involved here and being a broker when Florida and Carolina are likely two teams that could play each other in the Eastern Conference final. Like, that made absolutely no sense to me. Like, I don't know what kind of bullshit the Panthers were on, like, is that really worth a sixth round pick? I don't know. Maybe it is. Maybe they know that somebody else is going to do it in the league anyway. So they're like, fuck it. It's going to be us. And we're going to get the pick. But nevertheless, I mean, just on principle alone, that part of this trade made zero sense to me.
1: Well, I almost wonder if Florida wasn't the easier team to work with because of our prior relationship with their GM I mean, sure, yeah.
0: I mean, that's entirely fair. Like Bill Zito, the current general manager, former assistant general manager of the Blue Jackets, but ah, man, like, <laughs> like that's the part where I'm like, Why? I mean, cause
1: it's very likely that like Carolina. Yeah, this is pure speculation. I don't even know how half the stuff even works, but like, it's very likely that Carolina could have been like kind of pussyfooting around the situation with Yarmo, and Yarmo is, <laughs> Yarmo is very um. Stern in in situations like JL um talked about it on on the special edition of what is Bob's show called CBJ and 30
0: yeah yeah
1: so that they did today on um Twitter spaces um talking about the documentary that was de- that was made about the Toronto Maple Leafs for last season and in that documentary, you watch the process that they went through with Yarmo Kakalinen to obtain Nick Felino. And like the GM for the Maple Leafs was like, he will not budge. Like, he will not budge. He does not concede. Like, and so if we were at a point where, you know, Yarmo just wanted to get the deal done, it's easy to call up someone like Bill Zito. And say, hey, man, what's the bare minimum that you could do to help me out with this situation so I can just get this done and get it done, you know, before three o'clock? Like, I feel like that's a call Yara would have done just to, like,
0: get this over with. Yeah, I mean, like, it's possible. Like, like I think you're you're entirely right. I, Carolina entered the conversation decently before three. I mean, I, I think what well, was probably like one thirty or two that I texted you. I was like, "There's like conversation about about Carolina being involved in this," and so well, like it was,
1: it was definitely Toronto seemed to be more in the running this morning, um, which would have made a lot of sense. You know, Max's family has a lot of history in Toronto. Um, you know, his dad, very notable former Leaf um so like but that sort of kind of quickly fizzled out and then you we start hearing this carolina thing and it just took i mean down to the wire i would love to see the like received time that that trade entered the queue because it had to have been at
0: 259 45 right well, and this is the thing, too, also, is, like, I don't think that's a good trade for Carolina. Like, I think, like, they didn't give up much, and that's something they should be happy about. Like, they should be cool with with the way it worked out in terms of what they lost, and if it doesn't work out, it's really no skin off their ass. But I don't really see how he helps them all that much. Like, like Max, God love him. Like, Max is great for what he does for us, or did for us, and what he can do for other teams is great. They need people who score, and Max Domi has one goal in his last like thirty something games. He's got nine goals this season. I mean, he's not a goal scorer. At he, least he hasn't been with the Blue Jackets. And so for me, I'm like, what? Like, what are they hoping to get out of this? Like, they just get another playmaker to play with other playmakers. It's kind of that conundrum that we had a little bit with, you know, um, kind of actually the opposite issue that we had before, where you had Cam Atkinson and, and Patrick Line trying to f- make a marriage happen, but it didn't work because they both were goal scorers they weren't neither of them are playmakers in that sense and so it almost feels like carolina just added another playmaker without getting somebody who can finish
1: right and especially in a situation where max is more than likely going to be a rental for carolina because of their cap issues and honestly just like you said because of the structure of how carolina plays and like kind of what their whole situation is about like i don't really see you know how that works because even knowing how max worked in montreal like i just don't know that that's like that he's a good fit and especially over what's happened over the course of the last two seasons in you know columbus with max like we brought him in thinking he was going to be a top six center and he's not played center for almost two years now so um it's confusing so, yeah, but hey, all the best. We truly, truly, all the best to Max. Um, I hope that he he does have some success. He does get the opportunity to, you know, make a run for the cup with with Carolina. Um, it's going to be a really stiff competition, I think, this season in in the playoffs. And a lot, I mean, the teams that are going to make it are really, 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 really good. Um, and Carolina has definitely shown that they are one of those teams this year. Um, and I hope, you know, wherever he gets picked up in in when he's a UFA, like, I would just like him to, ha- to have a home. He's done, he's just done some, some jumping. And I think for him too, he would like to find a place where he can put down roots and um, really make. Even more of a name for himself, and he has all everything going for him to do that. It's just finding the right team,
0: um, maybe Seattle. After all, could you imagine? And I think that that's the thing. That at the end of the day, do I think that Max Dummy is worth more than we got? Yeah, like I do. Like I think that they're like. There were people on Twitter, hockey fans, saying, "If I if I would have known that that's what it would have taken to get Max Domi, I really wish my team would have been in on it because that feels like it's not much." And for that reason, I just feel like he should have gotten more out of out of this trade. I feel like you know, at the end of the day, it is what it is. You can't get more if more is not out there. So like, I'm I'm fully under the understanding that like Yarmo probably took the best trade that he had on the table. Like that that it's not like it was with Nick where it was like, I might take a lesser value of a trade because of the respect that I have for you, for your commitment to the team. Like, I want you to be in your best case scenario. I want you to choose what's best for you and what's next for you. It's not like that with max. Like no disrespect to max, but like you play for a team for a year and a half, you don't have a huge role. You're not, you don't wear a letter. You're going to go where my offer is the best. Sorry about it. Like, so obviously Carolina gave the best offer, but it's just hard to believe. Um, I really would have thought that he went for more, but you can't really do much about it. And to your point, kind of talking about Seattle, we all thought we were losing Max Dummy this offseason for nothing, guys. Like, for not a thing. And at the end of the day, you know, Aiden Hroschek isn't nothing.
1: No, and I mean, who knows what he could turn into. Um, At the least, he is a spitting image of Elvis.
0: Oh, my God, it's almost weird.
1: Like, it is creepy how much they look alike. But, you know, who knows? We've, you know, prospects turn into any sort of different thing. Like, um, so we'll just have to see. But it's not for nothing. And to all the people who are like, we traded away Josh Anderson for two prospects. That's not how this works. Like, this is not how this works. At the time that we made the trade between Max and Josh, that was an even playing field. Like, they had the exact same record. Hell, they had the exact same record the season following. The only difference is the Canadians made it into the playoffs, and we didn't. But the two players themselves had the exact same record. And arguably, I mean, I know Josh has scored more goals this season so far, but Max in assists, in playmaking, like he wasn't bad for the Blue Jackets.
0: So, no, like, and I, and I think it's unfair to like do the whole, oh, we got Max Domi for two third round picks. I mean, like, I'm going to be honest, like, Samuel Najko, I mean, who we talked about on our last episode with Dylan Tyre is not a prospect to be taken lightly. I mean, like, that third round, like, him, he's materializing into, into a very, very valuable prospect for the Blue Jackets. And the Blue Jackets add a defenseman in this trade today that the reality is could could play NHL games. Like, he's projected to, in some way, shape, or form, play in the NHL. There's some questions about his size. There's some questions about his skating. But at the end of the day, um, you know, Aiden Rushek, could could be a part of this defensive core, which we've talked about as being something that we felt the Blue Jackets needed to shore up. And in some ways they did it. And, and you know, we weren't going to sign Max. And that's that's kind of what it is. You can't make – I mean, anytime you make a trade, you can't project whether or not that player is going to be on your team in six years. So. Correct. It is what it is. But, uh, so obviously, as we noted, the Blue Jackets um, don't trade Giannis Corbisalo. Don't trade. Anybody else aren't really involved in anything else. The one thing that we keep get, we keep hearing, we keep hearing every single year, every single time anything is happening, whether it's the draft, whether it's the trade deadline, whether it's anything, is, oh, the Blue Jackets are going to weaponize their cap space. Ah, they're going to weaponize their cap space. They're going to take on bad contracts, and they're going to get picks for it, and it's going to be great. And we still have never done that. We still have never done that. I don't think that, that actually is ever going to happen for the Blue Jackets. I'm not saying that. I don't know. Yarmo said that the offseason is going to be a lot of fun. And that's fine. But it's just like I this narrative of like weaponizing the cap space is bullshit. <laughs> like, it's just proven to be bullshit year in and year out. Like this is not the first time we've been in this situation. It's probably the third or fourth that we've entered either a trade deadline or a draft where we're like, ah. Oh, well, guess what? <laughs> we can take on some bad deals and we can get some picks and we can really work to you know refill this cabinet of prospects. And we just don't do that. Actually, we lost, we lost a fucking pick today because we retained money on our own fucking player. Like, that's what happened today. Like, that's the part about this that makes me mad. <laughs> like, like, it's just like, ah, like, I don't, that's, uh, okay, I'll, I'll get off my soapbox. I just, it doesn't make sense.
1: Yeah, you just have to. I mean, like you said, there it, there has been very few times that I have thought to myself, "What is he doing in regards to Armo?" Most notably when he traded Cam away. Um, but
0: yeah, but we figured out what he was doing after the fact. Now we're like, oh, it was actually it probably made sense." But yeah, like
1: but. It is interesting, but so, so I'm interested to see how this plays out to the bigger picture and what he has planned for, because honestly, I think we talked about this off mic, and I swear we'll actually move on to stuff other than what happened today, um, but, you know, I don't think that he anticipated, or anyone on in the front office staff anticipated what was going to happen in regards to Corby this season. With the illnesses and the injuries and the internal competition, I mean, Torts, God love him, I mean, Torts said it point blank today, he does not believe that Corby ever got over the Blue Jackets making Elvis the number one goalie. And that a lot of this outside of the obvious injuries and illnesses that a lot of what Corby has struggled with is knowing that the team wasn't fully behind him. And that sucks because now we're in a circumstance and it sucks for him too. A on that side of it, but also on the side of it that now we are going to struggle because we're we're either gonna not be able, we're either gonna trade him away with minutes to go before he enters free agency, which would suck, or we're gonna lose him for nothing.
0: Which I is going to Uh Here's the thing: if you're listening to this podcast and it's near near NHL free agency, and you're coming back to this episode because you've just found out that your general manager traded the Blue Jackets for the rights to sign Jonas Corposalo, write a letter to your owner telling him to fire your general manager. Because if your general manager trades for Jonas Corposalo's rights, <laughs> your general manager doesn't deserve rights. That's all I have to say about that. But um, it's just, like, yeah, I don't know. It It is what it is. It's rough. You wish that maybe you could have gotten something out of him when his value was the highest. Because at the end of the day, and this is where we're different, like, this is where, like, our, as Dylan said so eloquently, it's good to have two people like this—the angel and the devil. of Which I usually play the devil, and that is that I'm like, ah, yeah. If you didn't want to get your feelings hurt that the Blue Jackets picked Elvis over you, you maybe should have played better. Like that's where I'm at. Like I'm just like I don't know. Like that's not like yeah. Like, but then that- I'm going.
1: I'm going to counter. I'm going to counteract that and say that when the Blue Jackets made the decision to sign Elvis this past summer, Corpy hadn't been playing bad.
0: Yeah, but Elvis have been playing better. I mean, you can't say that Elvis wasn't playing better than Corpy, And so for that reason, like the Blue Jackets have to make a choice. And I don't think anybody would have disagreed then that the choice was Elvis. And so that's when I think the Blue Jackets should have traded him. I understand that the value might not have been everything you wish for and more because of the it, would a higher,
1: it would have been higher than now.
0: Yeah, right. And so like, that's where I'm at where I'm like, I'm more than happy to keep Corpy. I love Corpy. I'm happy that he's still a Blue Jacket. I'm okay with losing him for nothing when you consider the fact that he probably would have – he he wasn't going to get anything anyway. So, I don't know. It is what it is.
1: He's not the – he will now just be the most recent goalie that we lose
0: for nothing. So (laughs) That is true. That is true. He has a couple less Veznas to his name than the last one we lost for nothing, but I digress. Um, So, um, And the one might end up having a Stanley Cup ring at the end of it if the Panthers end up working – working their stuff out uh but speaking of winning things speaking of winning the stanley cup and all that kind of stuff um i've got great news about something that you can win if you're listening to the show laura do you have any idea what it could be
1: could it be money from DraftKings?
0: you know what uh, yeah It is money from DraftKings because the NHL season has been packed with dirty dangles, hat-tricks, and big wins. And as the action rolls on, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has your shot to win big, too. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's right. A bump in the win column for your team means free bets for you. And if Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you still have a shot to light the lamp. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contests, and DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, and bet just $1 on any NHL team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. 21 and older restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Um, so, speaking of uh, messages from our sponsors, uh, Laura, can I sing you a song? You can. Safe light repair. Safe light replace.
1: We love windshields. <laughs>
0: we do love windshields, and the Blue Jackets do too, uh, because uh, they announced over um, over the weekend on Saturday that uh, Safe Light, local uh, windshield repair company. Um, will be uh, the jersey partner um, for the upcoming season for all four of the Blue Jackets jersey. That includes the Home Away third and reverse retro jerseys. Uh, so, you know, it's not any of the ones we predicted when we did the show. I, some of ours um, included but not limited to Jenny's, uh, White Castle, Nationwide AEP. Um, Wendy's. Wendy's was one. Um, Brewdog, I think, was another. So, a lot of really fun ones that we had come up with. But alas, uh, uh, Safe Light uh, is, is it. And it was reported that the deal was worth seven figures. Uh, so, um, for those of you counting on your fingers, how many zeros that might be, uh, it's enough to make the total number start with the letter M millions.
1: Yes. And I just, I would just like to to say a few things to the naysayers in the Blue Jackets social media um, asking, you know, why why did they do all these promo videos? Why did they get us all excited just to announce a logo going on the jerseys? Um, why are they not doing this, that, or the other thing to improve upon this, that, or the other thing? You want know, to know why they can't choose fan experiences and what not before choosing a Jersey partner, because for an entire year, 365 days, every team in the NHL lost out on millions upon millions of dollars in revenue because they were not allowed to have fans at games due to COVID. So I'm not super sure how one expects that the first year back to being able to allow fans uh, to participate in games and come to your arenas that you think that some teams are able to immediately jump into making fan experiences and arena perks and all this sort of stuff immediately available when they have lost out on a whole year's worth of revenue. You gotta make money to spend money folks. And I know that this is kind of like the more, inside the playbook sort of situation than most people, I think more casual fans probably don't care. But like when you're the kind of fan that like is really into like the team as a whole front, like front office, like behind the scenes, player development, all that sort of stuff. You understand that this kind of situation and to not only that be the first team in the league to broker this kind of deal this is huge news for Columbus. Huge news. And it's only going to make the experience for fans, for the team, for the legitimacy of the franchise, not only in Columbus, but in the league, so much better. And so it really was, like, disheartening to me. Like, I understand, like, yes, it is a logo that is now on their jersey. okay. But it is an exciting thing. And it felt really shitty to see so many people like, and I know social media is just a small proportion of the fans that of the members of the fifth line, but like so many people just really drag on everyone that put all this stuff together to announce this project and this partnership and to not even bother to consider what it could be bringing to our city and to our franchise. So, I'm excited. I am impressed and proud to be a part of the team that, you know, got this first deal and, you know, it'll be interesting to see what we can accomplish with it. And it's a small logo. I don't know if you watch other sports, soccer for instance. Where they just have logos all over their jerseys. Um, this is a very, very tiny logo that is worn, I believe, on their left shoulder um, or left front chest, I should say.
0: Um, and
1: it, it fits in pretty well.
0: Yeah, it could have so. been a lot worse. And I, yeah, well, yeah, no, I'll totally agree with you um
1: you don't have to but like that's my no i do i do Uh, i think
0: i think there are so many other things in the world that we can be mad about um (laughs) i don't think that safe light being a really 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 small um thing on on their chest needs to be something that we like get really up in arms about and if if that makes my team a, a couple million maybe more dollars then i'm like gonna be okay with it like i don't know why why that's not really something that i don't know it kind of blows me away too um i'm telling you what you really gave off a really good i'm not mad but i'm disappointed energy just now like you like sometimes i like feel like i'm being scolded and i'm like wait i agree with you but i like kind of feel like you're coming for me um yeah i I just think like like it's the same way I felt about when people got mad about, like, like was it actually inherently stupid to sponsor the divisions last year? Like, yes. Like, that's just dumb. But it made the NHL money, and I'm not going to sit here and complain about it, because that's my favorite league. That's my favorite sport. Put money
1: in a situation where they needed money. like
0: right. Yeah, 100%. And that's why I totally agree with you. Like, we're saying the same thing. Like, I, like, I don't see why people don't, like, can't, like, see past that part of it. It's like, at the end of the day, there's a little safe light sticker right here. It's the same way that nobody cares anymore about the helmet jersey, the helmet or the helmet ads. Like, nobody cares. Like, no, like yeah, everybody's pissed then. They're like, I, c- I don't want my players to turn into billboards. I'm like, you can't fucking see it unless you look hard enough. Like, you can't even notice it.
1: And they're also like, I don't believe that there's any plans to have them put on the jerseys that you purchase from, you know. Even so-
0: if there is.
1: Okay. It's really, you know, who would be, you know, whose fan base would be freaking thrilled right now to get a seven figure deal? The Arizona Coyotes, who are going and to be playing
0: in That's a college arena. <laughs> I can't wait to see who their jersey partner is. It's just going to be so fascinating to me. I mean, at the end of the day, I think all 32 teams are going to have a jersey partner because it doesn't make sense to not have one. Like, if you've got somebody who's going to pay you the money for it, tell yes. Well,
1: yeah, they got they got the approval in the fall. The NHL gave the yeah. official approval, and so we are we are the first. We are definitely not going to be the last. No. So and it's it's really not a thing to start. There are so many other things that you could write letters to front office people about that don't include a small logo on a jersey.
0: Right. Like, why did you? trade a six round draft pick to trade Max like that. Like that write a letter about that. But
1: <laughs> you know don't write a letter just, about the damn. There's just so many other things that we could be there's mad enough. about. And I think when you when it goes down the line and things start to this, you know, partnership starts to build upon other things, you're going to see um how big of a benefit it is. Also, like I understand I always look at things like this as like definitely they are frivolous purchases they are not life or death purchases these are things that i make with money that is outside of what you know so i know it's not always affordable but like blue jackets games are pretty affordable like we're not we're not like the lightning we're not you know the new york rangers where you literally have to have, like, someone die in order to get season tickets.
0: Like, yeah, quite literally. Like, <laughs> I mean, and that's the thing, too, is, like, we're looking at going to this game in Detroit on the ninth, and it's, like, Detroit's not a good team. Like, Detroit's not great. Like, but they're
1: more expensive than we
0: are. <laughs> way more. Like, like face value is, like, $75 for the upper bowl. It's, like, yeah, that's different. Like, that's a way different experience. So, It is what it is. And the Jackets, I mean, they run promos all the time. I mean, come on, guys. It's going to be okay. I promise. It'll be okay. It's not Um, the end of the world. So.
1: And uh, yes, I too wish that we could lower the cost of alcohol by a couple dollars. But that, I don't know if you know this, all arenas are like that. Yeah, it's bad. Literally all arenas. It's not just, not just here.
0: I do love me some Griffins games. $2, $2 beers and $2 hot dogs. Hello. But, uh, but yeah, it's
1: three, two, one Fridays for monsters games,
0: it's just true. Saying. but it's true. So yeah, the Jersey patch is fine. It'll be okay. I promise. Inhale, exhale. Y'all will be okay. Uh, I just, again, have, have my disappointments for it not being like White Castle, but like, that's just me being an idiot and not really actually like, you know, having any kind of real opinion about it, but even though the Blue Jackets have all these things happening off the ice, um, just a real quick touch point—they go two and one over the three games that we have not recorded since uh, ha- having been played. And I mean, yeah, uh, it—the game against Ottawa, they win. Game against 4-1. Washington, they lose. Don't say the score that one. Nope. Um, <laughs> And they win a really good and, like, really important, I think, for the team 5-4 game against St. Louis where, like, Elvis gets hurt in that game and Corby has to come on and save the day. And he does. And it's it's nice because at that time you're like, is this going to be Corby's last hurrah in Nationwide Arena? And no, it's not. It's <laughs> not. Yeah, it's not. Actually, he's probably going to play tomorrow. Um, he is but- playing tomorrow. That's no. on the road, but you know, nevertheless, uh, he will probably be the starting goaltender. So get excited! And what if they start JF Brube? That'd be kind of messed up, wouldn't
1: it? I mean, a little bit, but I do believe they've <laughs> I do believe they've already said that Corby is starting.
0: Cool. So, um,
1: but JF Brube will be his backup, um as Elvis left early in the third period on Saturday Um after an issue with his back. It sounds like it is a pulled muscle situation. So he and Boone are just being old men in a, juc- in a jacuzzi right now, uh, trying to get their backs to loosen up. So.
0: Yeah. The pains of being 27 and 28 respectively.
1: Um, but no, it was, I mean, the, out of the three games, uh, the St. Louis game was probably the best Play, I mean, obviously, against Ottawa, like, yes, we won, that's great. But Ottawa is like a lower tier situation, we would have been mad if we lost to Ottawa, like, you know, that's their situation, which Washington, we did earlier
0: in the month, or not earlier in the month, but like, we did not that long we ago, did, yeah. So.
1: Um, and we were mad, we were we were mad after we lost to Ottawa, <laughs> um, and then Washington. I mean, Washington had kind of like a bit of a vendetta because we're technically chasing them in this, you know, we're not going to get there unless they totally crash and burn and we have like a resurgence situation. But, you know, they really wanted those two points um, from us and they got them. So congratulations to them. Um, but it was an important, like, I think confidence situation for us for Saturday to play so well against the Blues. The Blues are a playoff contending team. They have had some ups and downs this season, but are kind of ramping back up again. Um, and it'll be nice to go into Pittsburgh tomorrow, having come off that win.
0: I was about to say, that's the first time for everything. When you said it'll be nice to go into Pittsburgh, I was like, girl, to who? Like, I hate Pittsburgh. But Again, no trade list. But, yeah, I mean, I think it'll be good to, to just play a game again after a trade deadline that ultimately was emo- – I mean, like, was, they're always emotional. I know I'm a heartless bitch when it comes to, like, talking about the implications for the team. But at the end of the day, like, these days kind of blow – Um unless your team is like getting a lot better and you're adding, but yeah, it's just going to be nice to play a game and kind of just start, start the back end of this this season. I mean, it's kind of crazy to think about, but um, less than 20 games left. It's weird. Yeah. It's good. The end of the season is going to be here before you know it. I mean, Laura and I are very much hoping that something crazy happens over the course of the next month and that the Blue Jackets find a way to make the playoffs. Um, we we were just like kind of planning based on the current situation and we started planning some off-season content. And I was just like, this is sooner than, than I think either of us want it to be. It's just been so – it's so weird that we're now um, – you know, from this point on, it's not – there's no – I mean, sure, there will be off-the-ice things that I'm sure we'll talk about, but there's no – no more trade deadline. There's no more anything. It's just 19 more hockey games. Yeah. Unless
1: somehow in between there, they figure out signing Patrick Laine. But, which we did hear confirmation today that to. the conversations with Patrick's team have started. I think <laughs> this is another one of those things where I think Yarmo is so tired of having people just not believe that he can get this done so he was like you know what i'm not waiting until we're done i'm going to start talking to him now <laughs> so um so we did get confirmation today that those conversations have started um and again i love blue jacket's conspiracy theorists because no matter how many times someone can say patrick or how many times patrick himself can say i would like to remain a blue jacket So many people don't still believe it. (laughs) So... So many people people just want to believe that all Patrick Laine wants to do is light the city of Columbus on fire and walk away. So... But... You know, things are happening.
0: You mean that he doesn't?
1: I don't think so. I think he actually kind of
0: enjoys it. Well, that makes two of us. But... Yeah, it's um, yeah, wow, hockey time, hockey till the end.
1: This week is also kind of weird because it's the first time in a month that we have a whole week of just away games.
0: So yeah, little um, road
1: trip, little road trip, Pittsburgh. Uh, um, what do you think Max's
0: roommate was.
1: Oh, he's like sweet
0: room all to myself. You know, obviously the Jackets, they've got Pittsburgh on Tuesday. That's always a scary thing. I mean, Pittsburgh just keeps getting better. They added um, Ryan Raquel today. Um, so it's just like they, they're they just getting better and better and better. Um,
1: and then we get to see our old friend, Haleigh um, Dubois, on Friday.
0: Yeah. Ricard Raquel, I said Ryan Raquel. It's definitely Ricard Raquel. That was weird for me. Um, but yeah, we'll see them in uh, good old, good old Winnipeg. So, you know, I really just just the Pittsburgh game. Oh man,
1: game. who's gonna punch Marcus Foligno in the face now?
0: We'll find out. But maybe we can. Maybe that can be our segment on third for Friday's episode. Is who's gonna punch Marcus?
1: It better be somebody.
0: It better be um we just just found out that the blue jackets traded for uh nick felino just for the purpose (laughs) of beating his brother's ass
1: just like temporarily man we'll send you back to boston
0: but yeah it's gonna be a lot of fun we'll talk about the blue jackets on friday um you know this game against pittsburgh preview the next couple of games but Sorry, this one didn't have a lot of content from like a trade perspective. Just a lot of screaming for me, so I apologize for that. At least at the end of the day, we are not the Vegas Golden Knights. As we started, as we sat down to record this, and I'm sure by the time this episode comes out tomorrow at noon, we're gonna have a lot more details. But the Vegas Golden Knights and the Anaheim uh, Ducks just had no idea that Evgeny did not off. Had uh, a no trade list that did include the Anaheim Ducks, um, so they're like they're just gonna have to edit undo that. I think I don't know how that works. <laughs> We're gonna you know find that, out you together. You know that
1: that list says Anaheim, Columbus, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, if you don't want to get traded to Anaheim, like dude, brother, like what do you mean? Like I get they're not like exactly the world's best team, but like uh, there are worse places to play hockey than Anaheim, California. I'm gonna be honest.
1: Yeah, it's definitely Anaheim. Columbus, but can I also ask this question?
0: Alphabetically,
1: or no? Anaheim, Buffalo, Columbus.
0: (laughs) Give Arizona some love there. Anaheim, Arizona, (laughs) Buffalo, (laughs) Columbus. (laughs) But Anaheim, like, how do they submit these lists? Because, like, is there like an Excel sheet? Like, I'm curious. Like, because well,
1: his his management said that he submitted it in time. I,
0: apparently, some of the issue is also, like, because he was traded from, uh, I want to say that he was traded from Ottawa to the Golden Knights, and so I think that there is something that was lost in translation during that trade, because obviously, like, uh, you, you obtained the contract, and so it's possible that, like, that was already, like, the contract already said, you know, these are my teams. Um, There's like a folder sitting somewhere that nobody saw but is this not listed alphabetically anaheim is literally first (laughs) anaheim is literally the team in the national hockey league whose name is the top yeah like whose job (laughs) who they don't have it anymore (laughs) yeah right you about to lose your job like what is going on that's so ludicrous but yeah, so at least we're not them. Our trade counts. Or do you want it to? <laughs> do you, let us know in the comments below. Would you like to find out that we just fucked that up and we actually have to edit undo all of that? I do think
1: it would be just uncomfortable.
0: Yes. Yeah, 100%.
1: There are some things that Yarmo said today that I feel like would make it uncomfortable. So.
0: Oh, yeah. One of which saying that, yeah, that was a bad trade without saying that was a bad trade.
1: I mean, I don't think – I think the team and I think the fans would be stoked. I just think other things would be uncomfortable.
0: But. I think you're probably on to something. But um, well, what's not uncomfortable is spending an hour with your favorite podcast host. And we're so glad that you did it. And uh, you don't just have to hang out with us whenever we're talking about the Blue Jackets on a podcast. You can hang out with us pretty much whenever you want by following us on social media. And lucky for you, um, we didn't trade away the the player that um, that tells you where you can follow us on social media. So I'm going to throw I it thought, to that player real quick. I thought for sure you were trying to take this from me again. No, no, no. This is all yours. They already took Max from me. I can't take this from you.
1: I was going to be really sad. Um. But anyway, yes, you can follow us on social media. We are on Twitter and Instagram at subjectivelypod follow us on facebook at subjectively speaking if you would like to check out our super sweet website that is subjectively um if you're looking for some merch we have cool merch actually if you would like to buy some merch please buy some merch because jeremy and i would really like to find a way to go to the return of the cannonball and we're poor so buy some merch so that Did we can have, go yeah. to the fancy events We'll, we'll produce content. We promise you that
0: so much content, so
1: much content. Um, So visit our merch store, Subjectively speaking.threadless.com. And then you can rate, review, and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. Again, if you're on Apple podcasts, scroll on down, hit that five stars. It's our favorite number. um, And it helps us get seen in the hockey podcast charts and helps us to grow this little community of ours. Other than that, we just love and appreciate you all so much.
0: That we do. And until we get the chance to um, talk to you all on Friday, please, please, please just remember, um, fuck the penguins and fuck Jeff Carter. And we will talk to you soon. Bye.